it's so important to find the things that bring you joy and recognize that joy when you're in it. Because if you don't, then it's joy wasted. It's called gratitude, my friend. It is gratitude. It's being <laughs> it's being grateful for the moment you're in, but the the deluxe version, the next level of that is acknowledging when the moment you're in feels really, really good, mm-hmm. right? Because there are, and I have an example. I'll use, the, this is my example. I spent most of yesterday, early afternoon, cleaning out the garage because we, our, our movers have come and gone. Everything has been dumped off at the house and the last load just gets dropped in the garage. You know, there's not a home for it. And so there wasn't even room to put one car. And there wasn't room to put a bicycle right. in the garage. One car. No, no, no. We're not even close to having one car space available in there. I spent yesterday afternoon just going through the garage, moving stuff around, putting like Christmas decorations. They're they're all in like plastic tubs, like half a dozen of them. They were scattered all over the place. Now they're all stacked up in one neat place. Stuff that we're uh, donating to Goodwill or whatever, that's all in one pile. Everything has just been sorted and organized and, and moved properly. And it felt so good to do it that I wanted to acknowledge finding the joy in like a tedious chore. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because I think it's, it's so easy to, to, to do stuff like that, or it's so frequent to do stuff like that. And because it's not supposed to be enjoyable, you don't acknowledge the fact that it is. Well, when I said like gratitude, if there's anybody new that's listening, what I was meaning by that is I think that's something that 10, 15 years ago, you would not have been even noticed. Maybe. I don't know. It, it doesn't feel, I know what you're saying, but it doesn't feel like gratitude to me. It just fe- it but feels. But I'm just more, saying because you are aware of the small things in your life, I like think it. you notice more small things in the moment. It, it feels like awareness. Mm-hmm. Like another thing that brings me joy that I don't acknowledge enough is when I'm cleaning. You know how I love my clean kitchen, right? Mm -hmm. I love to clean the counters and use a sponge that's got like the rougher side to get little bits of dried food or whatever, something maybe sticky, whatever, off the counter. And I love running my hand over the counter and just having it be smooth. Mm -hmm. Like I love, I love finding all those spots and just having it be clean. And so anyways- this is my acknowledgement of that. The upside means living in gratitude, finding the positive in every experience, and helping other people do the same. You are now part of the movement. Welcome to The Upside with Callie and Jeff. If this is your first episode of The Upside, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back. Today is Tuesday, June 7th. My name is Jeff Dollar, and today I am grateful for refrigerators that have the water and ice dispensers built into the door because our new refrigerator does not have that, and I miss it, and I didn't enjoy it as much 
as enough when I did have it. You know what the greatest invention of all time is? Is the setting on a refrigerator because refrigerators are very fancy. Like I've never bought a refrigerator, but I have friends that have like the ones that you can see through. And our last one had the ability to type in an exact amount of ounces of yep. water that you wanted it to fill up. So if you needed like two ounces of water for cooking or whatever it is, you could it's it would quarter, measure it out for you. Quarter cup. Okay. I have no idea. Um, or if you knew Jeff and I have like our favorite glasses, like that we carry around usually, and you know exactly how much water needs to go in your favorite tumbler. 14 ounces. Yeah. See? Well, you know what? That dream is gone because <laughs> our refrigerator does not have that. So now we're just drinking faucet water like heathen. <laughs> my name is Callie Dollar and I am grateful for my chandelier. I've had a chandelier in storage for the past couple of years. And um, we had- I don't think it's called a chandelier. A light fixture. A chandelier is like crystal and ornate and goes down with the Titanic. Well, so says Pottery Barn. It's a chandelier. Okay. So on the uh, years ago, we owned a house in South Carolina and I picked out in, you know, when I was Jeff's fiance, I was kind of redecorating and sprucing up the lake house a little bit. And I found this amazing chandelier. Light when, fixture. This amazing chandelier, so says Pottery Barn. And uh, we moved without it because it was so delicate. And it wasn't like, you know, we moved out. It's not like we were moving our stuff next door. Like we were moving back to our stuff back to Atlanta. We knew it would break. It was very delicate. So we left it there. I found one more. Pottery Barn tracked it down for me in the country. I got the last one. It has been sitting in storage for what, two years more than that? Two and a half years now? And well, it would, you bought it and it would not have been appropriate for the- Townhouse. Townhouse or the house before that because the house, our little house didn't have high ceilings. Yeah, so- So that it, thing would have just been like a disco ball sitting on the floor. And you know, I almost- said, no, let's keep it for our forever house. And I told you, I think a couple of weeks ago, I'm going to stop doing that. Like I have been saving little things for like our forever house. Well, guess what? We live here now and I really like the chandelier and I would like to enjoy it every day. So we had it like put up, um, you know, finally, and I haven't like unwrapped it or anything, but I, I'm so glad that I'm embracing this whole use and appreciate your furniture. And on top of that, get rid of the stuff that you don't have room for. Cause Jeff and I are the king and queen of saving furniture in an attic or in a storage space that we probably are not going to like, it doesn't serve a purpose. And we've had some stuff in storage for like, since we've been married. When I, this is this is the epitome of what you were just talking about, holding on to junk. Because when I first discovered electric toothbrushes, like years and years and years ago, like right around the time you and I started dating, because I never used an electric toothbrush what? before that. Yeah, it was all manual. So right, I, right oh, around that time. We need to like have a moment for that. That I, is crazy. No, it's not. I didn't. Most people don't have electric toothbrush lives. You grew up fancy. Oh, okay. I grew up with a, with a bristled stick and I would just get some mud from outside and I would put uh -huh. it on my teeth yeah. and scrub. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I discovered electric toothbrushes, game changer. And the very first electric toothbrush I, I bought came with 
a timer because and you would set it down and it would time like you're supposed to brush your teeth for like two minutes or whatever. Right. Yeah. I no longer have that electric toothbrush. I have graduated on to a proper electric toothbrush, a Bruch electric toothbrush, but I held on to the timer because what if I needed to time something in the bathroom? Oh my gosh. For two minutes. I don't know. Because Wait, you had it, like you have it in our home right now. It's no, it A did timer. not make it to this house, but I just had it because it had value. How dumb is that? So dumb, but I do it all the time. Anyways, so that's gone. But yes, so I I 100% get what you're saying. Today is a really big and exciting day because the Be Kind to Everyone podcast launches. It is the newest member of the 1022 family. And this show is going to change your life. And I know this because I have worked on their first four shows. We're releasing, you know, two are out right now, but it has already changed my life. Four episodes deep. And I will never be the same again. I I love learning about, I don't even want to say it's learning because that makes it sound educational and it's not educational. I love hearing the stories of people who have different life experiences as I do because that is an opportunity for learning and for understanding. Mm-hmm. And that's what Be Kind to Everyone is all about. It's, it's Jackie and her husband, Ben, and the star of the show is their oldest child, their old, their daughter, Jordan. And she has autism and it's all about their journey. It's, their, it's not only about their journey, but it's also teaching everyone that listens to it, how you can be a friend or a support to someone. Maybe you don't have a child with autism, but the goal of this show is to kind of bridge a gap and to, to teach all of us how we can better support people with disabilities, how we can be friends with them, how we can talk to our neighbor with a disability or interact with a child that has, you know, either a disability or is differently able than we are. And it's such a really cool conversation. And Jackie and Ben explain it in such an open and friendly way that it's, it's going to impact you when you listen to it. You're going to love this show. The, the, one of the things that they say in, in the early episodes is that they want to be your friend who has a child with autism. Somebody you can ask questions of, somebody you can learn from, because their belief is that the more the world knows about differently abled people, the more accepting the world is going to be of everyone. So that's that's their soapbox. That's their platform. That's their mission. But the show is just stories and really powerful and and um the episodes got go by so fast. Yeah. I don't know. Like when I was listening to them, I was like, oh my gosh, wait, that's the end of the episode because I was kind of hanging on every word and they're releasing this in a great week because tomorrow is national best friends day and they want to be your best friend that has autism. So really, really cool. We're very proud. We're very excited. Go subscribe, go rate it, review it, listen to it, love it, tell your friends. Um, and, and we hope you love it as much as we do. Okay. I made some observations when we were traveling last week about me 
and the nonsense things that I worry about while traveling. Okay. So perhaps one of these will resonate with you. And if it does, know that you are not alone. Um, now, would you consider yourself an anxious traveler? No. Okay. I'm a very prepared, go with the flow, chill, like the the journey is as exciting as the destination type person, mm-hmm. right? Um, but there are bizarre things that cause me anxiety. Like, for example, I have, even when we're not flying on a plane, even for a road trip, like to the beach, I have a bizarre fear that my toiletries, my liquids are going to leak. And, and for whatever reason, a tiny travel bottle of, of like mouthwash is somehow going to destroy every garment in my bag. Okay. I don't know. I double bag. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but like my liquids will go into a sealed, like a gallon Ziploc bag, uh-huh. which I then put in another gallon Ziploc bag and I seal I've never it. noticed that. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't think it's ever happened. I know sometimes on airplanes, like with the pressure change, mm-hmm. stuff squirts out like a little, you know, here and a little there. But a horrible sound, but okay. You know what I'm saying? I follow you. That can happen. But on a road trip, like, and if it did, if it did, what happens? You wash your clothes and Do move on with your life? Yes. Yeah. And we were going to the beach. I brought like, Two pairs of shorts, two swim trunks, and a bunch of t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Like, and if, and if it is. Those are irreplaceable, highly it, valuable black t-shirts that you have. And if it does go leak, it's, yeah, it's not going to get on everything. Anyways, that's one bizarre fear. Um, related to toiletries, uh, I also stress out too much about how much to bring home. So I'll get like a little $1 travel size tube of toothpaste. Mm-hmm. And we'll both share it. So by the end of a week or whatever, there's like a third of it left, Mm -hmm. which mathematically works out to be 35 cents worth of toothpaste. My non-wasting anything mind is like, oh, bring it home and use it for the next trip. But I know what's going to happen is the next trip's going to come up and I'm going to go, oh, there's only, there's a travel size toothpaste. There's only a third of it left. That's going to last four days. I'm just going to chuck it and spring for a buck, spend a buck and get another one. I don't know if you know this about me, but I have six. Yes. Sorry. Can you hear that? The dog drinking? Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to ignore it. Oh, you were? I thought we were like pausing for an edit. No. All right. This is the upside, people. We keep it real. Our dog is lapping water next to us. We're still in the kitchen. Yeah. We'll be in the studio tomorrow, so we'll be... But it'll be more normal shows. We we might be in the studio tomorrow, but also the sound quality wound up being so good in this room that I wouldn't be shocked now, if I Jeff need, made us like sit in the kitchen forever. No, I need the table space okay. to, to start organizing the cabinets. Oh, yeah, you do. Um. So what were we? Oh, yeah. So I have like six. I think it's at least six bottles of contact solution, the travel size. Yep. Each with about an eighth. Yeah. Awesome. Of, yeah. And I, I hold on to it because I'm like, well, it's wasteful. I spent my money on that. And it's, I think it's like two bucks. And, but yeah, I just can't get rid of it because in my head, I'm like, well, I only use one little dab, you know, of it every day for my contacts. So 
you know, I should, this is a lot. An eighth of a is bottle our dog is a lot. still drinking? Oh my gosh. This, by the way, is our dog. Little side note that I don't even know how she's drinking right now because it rained in Georgia yesterday and the dog does not like our backyard for she's a, she's a picky peer. Like she doesn't, she doesn't like to put her paws on wet grass. So (laughs) she won't pee after a rain for like six hours, which is funny because as we like to remind her, she literally was a street rescue dog. Like she lived on the street. So I don't know. I don't know what her, (laughs) what her, her deal is, but yeah, she doesn't. So we're going to have to like spread some pine straw or something. Because uh, it does rain from time to time in Georgia. Anyways, so I also am with you. I have the six unopened, I mean, you know, not finished, but almost finished contact solution things. Uh, the third thing that I stress out about is how much underwear to bring. I I have that fear too. I have not pooped or tinkled myself in at least a decade. Probably longer, but I'm just, you know, something may have happened 12 <laughs> years ago that... I'm forgetting, but it's, it's not a frequent occurrence right? where I have to do a midday underwear change, but I will, I have math. I have Jeff's panty math. Okay. (laughs) I will, if the trip, if we're going to be gone for, for seven days, like we're going to leave on Friday, right? In my head, this is what I do. I'm like, okay, we're going to leave on Friday. We're going to come back on Friday, which means I'm going to wake up. I count on my fingers. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's seven. I need seven pairs of underwear. Then I add 50% of it, which brings it up to (laughs) 10.5 pairs of underwear, but you can't bring a half a pair of underwear because what do you do with that? So I round up. So I bring 11 pairs of underwear. I did this. So how many did you bring home clean? Like how many did you... Like, did you live luxuriously I'm happy to report and change that I did your- not, I did not poop myself once in Florida. <laughs> no, here's why I'm asking that. I do however many days that we're staying and I times it by two. So you I take double? double. Here's why. Usually, and especially with a child, we are going out in the morning. Then there's some sort of nap involved. Then we're in bathing suits in the afternoon. So I am wearing underwear in the middle of the day, you know, like I wake up with underwear on, then it's a bathing suit. Oh. Then I go into underwear. And then when I'm at ni- like at night, I'm like, well, I should probably not wear the underwear that I took a one hour nap in. You know, why would I do that? So yeah, I bring like two pairs I, each day. Uh, my, my underwear day is different on vacation than my underwear day at home. So I'm scared to know what this means. Well, my underwear day at home is I wake up, I put on underwear, I wear that underwear all day. Mm -hmm. I go to bed, I sleep in it. Then I get up the next morning. It goes in the hamper when I shower. Mm -hmm. Right. And then that's an underwear day, but on vacation, what usually happens is why are you laughing? Cause this is so weird, but I think is so relatable because we could not be the only two people in the world to do this. Okay. Continue. I'm just, I was laughing to myself. An underwear day on vacation starts midday, like, because we'll, we'll go to the pool or whatever in the morning. And so the underwear day starts post shower. The showers happen later and and like Mm -hmm. on vacation. Mm -hmm. So like, let's say the shower happens after the pool, like during Ellie's nap. So 
So new underwear goes on at 2 p.m. I'll wear that. I'll sleep in it. Then I'll get up the next morning, put on swim trunks. We'll go to the pool, whatever. I'll come back, put the same underwear on because it's still within the 24-hour <laughs> really? window. Really? That's kind of gross. Yeah. Then lounge around, nap, whatever. Go to lunch, have a grilled cheese, whatever happens. Then take that underwear off when I take a shower or when I put the swim trunks on to go to the afternoon. Considering that you have 50% more underwear, I would I would suggest a two underwear day. I think you'll find it satisfying. That means I'm bringing 14 pairs of underwear for a seven-day trip? That is crazy. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for your next comedian here at Ellie's Comedy Club. You're going to love this guy. Welcome to the stage, Dad. I was at a flea market over the weekend, and I saw an antique radio on sale for one dollar it was beautiful and there's a little sign on it that said volume broken and i thought to myself i can't turn this down You heard Jeff mention Bruch earlier they are one of our ad partners for this week Bruch electric toothbrushes have changed the game totally for me. Um, I mentioned that I became an electric toothbrush fan years ago. And about two years ago, I discovered Bruch. It's an electric toothbrush that I don't know. I don't know what makes this one different. This toothbrush, electric toothbrush, different than other electric toothbrushes I've owned. It's to me, it's like it's like the Rolls Royce of electric toothbrushes. It totally is. Everything is just a little bit finer. A and, little and sleeker. It 100% looks better on your counter than other typical electric toothbrushes. Um, I th- they've got this sonic technology stuff that d- like brushes your teeth 42,000 times a minute or something, the way the brush head moves. All I know is that when you use a Bruch electric toothbrush, you feel like your uh, mouth just left the dentist after every toothbrushing. And you don't walk into your bathroom. And I know this is such a little micro anxiety, but you don't walk into your bathroom, see the electric toothbrush and go like, what an eyesore in my bathroom. Like, I know that sounds really silly, but it's been an eyesore for for me for years. And now it is no longer because we have Bruch toothbrushes. And of course we have a deal for you. So if your mouth wants that, just visited the dentist feeling with a toothbrush that looks really, really cool sitting on your counter, snag yourself a Bruch brush kit and plan by going to Bruce. That's B-R-U-U-S-H dot com slash upside. You'll get 20% off. That's 20% off when you go to Bruce.com, B-R-U-U-S-H dot com slash upside. Get yourself a delicious brand new electric toothbrush today. What would you do if you were able to get your paycheck two days earlier? That's a big deal, right? Two days to do whatever you want. Would you pay bills? Would you go to dinner with friends? Maybe get a jump on that credit card you've been wanting to pay off? No one likes waiting on a paycheck, okay? Especially when there's bills you got to pay. Good thing there's Chime. Now you can get your paycheck up to two days early with direct deposit. That's up to two more days to save, to pay bills, and generate 
generally just feel good about your money situation. But Chime is more than just about getting paid early. It's also an award-winning mobile app, checking account, debit card, and optional savings account. So what are you waiting for? Hopefully not your paycheck. Get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes. Get started at chime.com slash upside. That's chime.com slash upside. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank and a member's FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Callie always makes fun of me because I don't have a ton of childhood memories. But one of the ones that's very vivid to me was a trip to the Thousand Islands. We stayed in a place called Port Vincent or Cape Vincent, something along those lines. And I went fishing every day. We were in a cabin. And I went fishing every single day with my dad, but I don't have all the details. With a StoryWorth membership, you can fill in blanks like that with your parents, whoever the father figure is in your life, by simply sending them a prompt every single week and ask them specific questions. Or you can let StoryWorth pick the questions from their curated library and end up with a whole book of stories you've never heard before. StoryWorth is a great gift for Father's Day. It's a great gift for any father figure in your life. And at the end of the year, after they've answered all the prompts, filled in all the blanks, answered all your questions, the book gets delivered to you in beautiful form. You can order multiples for everybody in the family, and it's something that the family will treasure forever. StoryWorth is great, doing a great deal right now for Upside listeners. Go to S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash Upside. Save $10 on your first purchase. StoryWorth.com slash Upside. I have a routine. I'm a creature of habit. Go figure. Callie catches me doing this. I chug water in the last two hours of every single day because I forget to drink water throughout the day, but I know it's important. That's why I love liquid IV. I carry it with me everywhere I go. And one of my first glasses of water every single day, I drop one stick of liquid IV in there. Why? Because it enhances the, the uh, blood st- the hydration and getting to your bloodstream. It's easy for me to say. It enhances the hydration getting into your bloodstream. It also delivers five essential vitamins plus minerals. It's just a great way to get more hydrated and get your body some of the vitamins that it needs. It's available at Costco if you want to buy it in bulk, or you could go online. You could go to liquidiv.com slash upside and save 25% off anything you purchase at liquidiv.com slash upside. Don't be like me. Don't try to cram your hydration in last hour of the day. Balance it out. Liquid IV. Here are my three random things for today. Number one, the very first thing that a guest notices when they come to visit you is how your house smells. As soon as your guest opens the door, they're going to be greeted by the scent of your space. So maybe it's fresh baked cookies. Maybe it's a lot of cats. The problem is you, as the resident, you get used to how your house smells. So you don't know if you smell. What if our house, my fear is that our house smells like dogs. uh, There are easy ways to spruce things up. Let in fresh air. Uh, 
by opening windows. You can also boil water with citrus peels in it. And that will put off a good smell. Also, lighting a favorite candle, using a diffuser, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, my second random thing is very smart people are training rats to wear tiny backpacks that have two-way radios in them. Why, you're probably wondering. So that in earthquakes, they can deploy the rats into the rubble of downed buildings to go into all the nicks and crannies. Shut up. And if they encounter someone who is breathing, the rats will know to stay by that person's face, which is going to be horrifying if you're underneath a collapsed building. Not if you're under a collapsed building and then all of a sudden a rat with a tiny backpack walks up to you and it's like, hey man, you okay? Yeah. But you're going to think like, you're- Am I hallucinating? Right. You're like, oh my gosh, I've, I've died and I've gone to heaven and St. Peter is ratatouille. Uh, <laughs> my third random thing is- Related to lawnmower parenting. Remember, this came yes. up a few weeks ago. Um, How Stuff Works wrote an article about it and cited some examples. One of the examples is terrible. Now, as a refresher, lawnmower parenting is the new helicopter parenting. Helicopter parenting was where mom and dad would hover nearby, just waiting for something to happen and to be summoned by their child to fix it, right? So they're gonna be the ones who, uh, kids are off at college, they get into a fight with the roommate, the helicopter parent swoops in and either talks to the roommate or talks to the RA or talks to yeah, housing. Yeah, happened to me once. And gets it all straight. You, had, you don't have helicopter parents. No, I don't. Oh, one of I was a too. roommate that had a helicopter parent who came into town to give me a piece of her mind. And, that is a classic helicopter parent. A lawnmower parent actually goes out ahead of the child and mows down any potential conflicts. So they would actually reach out to the roommate beforehand and go, hey, I just want to let you know, you seem to be a bit of a night owl. My daughter likes to get up really early, so you're going to have to adjust your hours to be respectful Ugh. of her. Right? Okay. That's yeah. a lawnmower parent. Uh the latest casualty to lawnmower parents are balloons at birthday parties. Why? Because virtually all balloons fly away or pop. And that brings sadness to the child. So parents would rather not even expose a child to the joy of a balloon because they know that, that it is will, not real. A hundred percent real. Because they know it will bring sadness. The person that calls me, actually, no, I'm gonna change my mind about that. No one in my life that would be invited to Ellie's birthday would would tell me not to have balloons because of their, their child. And those are my three random things. I think I'm being manipulated by Sadie. Are Actually, I know that I'm being manipulated by Sadie, but here's the thing. Sadie has like selective- Everything. Everything, right? So I'll give you two examples. One of them was during our move, cannot find Sadie anywhere- look everywhere, look everywhere, look everywhere. And then I'm like, well, she's got to be somewhere in the house. So I just stopped looking for a second, realized my car door was open, went to close it. And Sadie was sitting in the car sleeping. That's because she was nervous. There was a That's lot totally going fine. on. There were movers and I totally and get it. People in and out of the house and new noises and new smells. Here's what I know about Sadie Dollar. Sadie on any 
And every day of the week that she has to get in the car will act like she cannot get in the car. Oh, yeah. So, so now we, we to, know we have to lift her. that she physically can get in the car because she did it herself when she felt like it. Yeah. Such a beagle move, right? Yeah. So I know that she can do that. Otherwise, any day of the week, take your pick. When we go to get in the car, Sadie will sit by the door and she'll like give, she'll kind of like look at it and then she'll look at you and then she'll just plop herself down until you're ready to pick her up. And let me tell you, Sadie is not a light dog. Right. Um, number two, there is in our backyard, there's like a little area of grass. Then there's a wall, like a, what do you call that? A retaining wall. Uh-huh. And then there is like kind of like a dirt thing with trees, like a little hill, if you will. Very small. But I am trying to train the dogs to go to the bathroom up the hill just so Ellie can have a yard to play in that doesn't, you know, I don't want Ellie like stepping in poop or something. I want her to have free run of her backyard. Or picking up poop. Or picking up poop. So I I am determined to make this work. And there are little steps on, on either side that the dogs can go up to get there. So... Right now, what we do is we, I don't know if you do this, Jeff, but you should if you're not, because it derails my training. I have not, I am afraid of derailing your training, so I have not let the dogs out once. Okay. So I leash the dogs up. I take them up the like little stair things, and then they get to go off leash. Sadie has made me think she comes and steps to the edge of the wall. And she looks down like, please help me. Please help me get down from this wall. I don't know how to get down and I'm too scared to jump. And I got to be honest with you, she shouldn't be jumping down. It's a good five feet. That, in my opinion, is too tall for a 10-year-old beagle to jump down. So I go up, take the leash, go up to the hill, go behind the trees, wrangle through spider webs, get Sadie, leash her, and show her how to get back down, right? I've done this every time because she just stands there like, I want to jump on the wall, but I don't want to hurt myself. Yesterday, opened the door, forgot to put the leash on. Sadie roams her little butt right up to where we've been training, goes to the bathroom, immediately comes back down the stairs. So she knows how to get down, but she makes me walk through the trees and go back there every single time. So that happened yesterday, last night, going to let her out. And she does the wall thing again of like, I'm stuck. Help me down. Come through the forest and save me, which I did again. But I know she knows how to get down because she's very smart. I am being manipulated by a 50 pound beagle. Thank you for listening to The Upside with Callie and Jeff. The fact I'm actually mad at myself at the fact that I didn't think of this before. Okay. But here's a little hack if you are uh, a person who owns a TV. I, RTR in our new house, our TV doesn't have to be mounted on the wall. The, the mantle or shelf or whatever it is, is high enough that it can just sit on there and it'll be plenty high. Like mounting it on the wall would be unnecessary work and wall damage, mm-hmm. right? But I was concerned about the jumble of wires and crap behind it. And somebody suggested to me, cause we have um, our AT&T like streaming service box. And we also have a Roku and those are our two boxes that we use. Roku is the best thing ever, by the way. Somebody suggested to use Velcro 
and just stick the boxes to the back of the TV using that Velcro. That is genius. I can't believe I've never thought of it before, but now our like cable boxes or whatever are Velcro to the back of the TV, which is on the stand. And I found on Amazon HDMI cables that are that are one foot and one half foot long. That's so awesome. I virtually eliminated the clutter behind the television and it brings me tremendous joy. So the wisdom that was once passed down to me by an old wise uh, cable wrangler is now passed down to you. Do with it what you will. <laughs>